guys just like that we are on to day six of olivia pope and dissecting her and pulling her apart and peeling back all the layers and all the things and so day six day one through five we pull back the layers we share some of our own personal journeys and so for day six we thought that we would give you guys some examples of what people pleasing looks currently looks like in our lives or has looked like in our lives in the past. Natty's going to start off with that. Yes. Yes, I am. Gather around, kids. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was... Right. So, <laughs> so I have I have several examples, but one that jumped out almost immediately was my previous job. So I worked for 10 years as a music teacher at a private arts academy. And I I loved my job in the sense of I loved what I was doing because I am a musician and a teacher and my degree is in music. And I spent my 20s doing in the performing arts, working as an opera singer. And I loved that. Stopped doing it because the lifestyle itself at the time wasn't sustainable for me as a single mom. Otherwise, I probably would have just kept at it. So I pivoted. I had already, not pivoted, but I had already been teaching private voice lessons for a number of years. I started doing that as a junior in college. So I ended up getting a job as a teacher at a private arts academy. And I thought this is great because this is utilizing my skill set, my my experience, my expertise. This is going to be awesome, right? Unfortunately, it was a toxic environment. This was a predominantly white space. So all of my students, almost all of my students were white white kids with their white parents and co-workers were almost, it was predominantly white. And I, by my second year there, I wanted to quit. I didn't want to do it anymore. But because I, A, felt like I needed the extra money, B, was pregnant with my second child and thought, we we need this extra income, and C, had I didn't have an extensive history of quitting jobs like that. Like, jobs would just end for me. Like, I would move or something like that. So it was, but it was never like, oh, I'm just going to quit this job I'm going to still be in this area, but I'm just done. And I had never been fired from a job. So I just, I didn't know, you know, I'm still, I'm in my early thirties and I'm, I'm living in lots of ways that are extremely still, it's still very, extremely performative and extremely beholden to a lot of the different systems that we have talked about over the years on the podcast. I'm swimming in that kind of environment. So I didn't feel like I had permission to quit and to look for better and to want better. Of course, that's not anything like what I think now, but at the time, that's where I was. So two years in, I did not quit. I ended up staying at that job for 10 years. 10 long years. And when I tell you the anxiety was palpable and I didn't notice it at the time, 
when I was in it because I didn't know what anxiety really was. I didn't know, hey, you've been dealing with this your whole life. Uh, I knew about depression, but I didn't know about the anxiety. And so I didn't recognize these different feelings that I was having that were extremely familiar as anxiety. And the anxiety was all about, oh my gosh, how am I going to navigate these days at this job in these buildings with these people? Now also, mind you, this is, so it was a private arts academy for homeschooled uh, kids. And it was very evangelical Christian in nature. Listen, when I tell you the place was toxic, I'm not even going to go into it. It's just, wow. I can't believe I stayed there as long as I did, but I did. I did my job. I I did it to the best of my ability. I did everything I could to pour into these kids, most of whom did not look like my kid or like me, but I thought I'm still going to do my job to the best of my ability right? so that I can be, you know, all this black excellence and all this stuff, which that's another topic for another day, but we, you know, maybe we'll get to it. Maybe we won't. <laughs> Definitely not during this season, this series, but I have stuff to say about that too. But I really, really was suffering. I was extremely unhappy and it only, it took my doctors and midwives after my fourth child was born, telling me to quit my job or at the very least take a break because my blood pressure was off the charts and it hadn't gone back down. It took that for me to finally walk away. Now, that wasn't the only factor, I think, in my blood pressure just shooting up out of nowhere, but it was one of the factors. So I finally quit my job. And you know why I quit my job? Because, oh, I had permission from my doctors and midwives. They they literally told me, hey, if you can, take a long break or stop. So I stopped. And that is is a decision that I, I never looked back from and do not regret to this day. But it took all of that and then moving out of state for me to finally sit and observe and watch as all of these feelings came rushing out of nowhere from all kinds of different directions. And I had to put the pieces together as to what was going on. And one of the things wasn't the only thing, but one of the things was, oh my gosh, I spent 10 years wearing a freaking mask at my job, trying, being someone who I really wasn't because being fully me and unapologetically me would not be acceptable. Because even doing my job the way it was prescribed for me to do it, it still ruffled feathers because I was around people who were racist. I was around kids whose parents were racist. And so mm-hmm. it didn't matter what I did. It didn't follow, It didn't matter if I followed everything to a T. There were still going to be people who had a problem with it because they didn't like that I was one of the teachers. So there was a lot, a lot of anger and a lot of all kinds of things that, that popped up for me. But yeah, I spent a lot of time trying to please these people, trying to protect myself. And in the midst of all that, dealing with unnamed anxiety and of course, depression, because that was going to be part of the deal anyway. So 1010 would not recommend doing something like that. (laughs) We do not recommend. It is not worth it at all, at all. I could probably tell an an hour long story about that, but I'm going to stop right there. Wow. Girl, 10 years. 10 years. 10 years. 
And that just goes to show you how people pleasing is almost natural for us. Right. <laughs> it's just almost like, it's, it's like just, it's what's expected. It's so what's we, expected. And so we buck up and do it. We buck up and do it. And that, and like you said, that caused you a, a lot of anxiety and anger and frustration and depression, all the things, because I got to make these people happy. Never mind that I'm not happy. That I'm not happy. Oh my gosh. 10 whole years. Girl. So like, don't do what I did, girl. Like, I mean, and anyone who's listening to this wants to think, you know, disparaging things about me, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you. you, you. Adorning yourself with the proverbial mask and cape didn't miraculously happen the moment you became an adult. More likely than not, there's a history of trauma dating back to childhood that left you feeling rejected, abandoned, betrayed, and angry. Those emotions don't automatically resolve themselves. As a little black girl, the thing you needed the most was to be seen, heard, nurtured, protected, and loved without condition. When those needs aren't met, you don't get the skills needed to do life as the real you from an emotionally healthy place. If you find yourself in this episode and are ready to start your journey to healing, please consider joining us in the Sister Circle of Healing a 12-week virtual experience for Black women to gather in a safe and sacred space for healing, connection, and transformation. Join us now at shadesofstrong.com forward slash SOS circle. Hey, congratulations. If it could ever be you, that's exactly the point. I don't want it to ever be you. (laughs) It's okay. Like, you don't have to think, you want to think of me as some sort of loser or whatever, or, you know, you know, I, that that's I I don't care. It's it's all right. Just as long as you don't make the same mistakes that I that I did. And mind you, I'm not the only one that's made a mistake like that. Our parents and, and grandparents and aunts, all our great aunts, they've all done similar. They all did similar things. OK, yeah. so this is why we're trying to heal now so that exactly. these next generations don't have to do it. And the truth of the matter is the whole people pleasing thing. You don't really recognize it. You don't. Until you you come out of it. That's right. That's what's so insidious about it. Is you don't recognize that that's what you've been doing. That's what you've been doing. Until you begin your healing journey. Exactly. And and so for me, like in hindsight, they're just so, like even in marriages that I stayed in, I stayed in, in marriages, number one, like one marriage for certain, you know, I was trying because he was an air quotes minister. And I say that in air quotes because that's a story for another day. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I stay in that marriage because I wanted the church to think that everything was good, you know. Mm-hmm. And so my goal there was to please the church members, the yep. deacons and the other ministers and the other ministers why to make sure that they were good. I can't show them that me and my husband, we're not good. When I was in the marriage, I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. But in hindsight, that's what I was doing because I was putting the happiness and the desires of other people before my own happiness and even my own safety, mm-hmm. you know, in that particular circumstance. So in more cases than not, you don't realize that you are in that until you come out of it. So you're so out of it. That's the point. That's the, the 
the purpose of having these episodes because we want you to recognize that if you are in this this phase in your life where you are putting everybody's needs, desires, and happiness and safety, emotional safety, physical safety, mental safety, whatever, if you're putting their happiness and safety above yours, there's a problem. And mm-hmm. it's time for us to start getting out. It's time for us to get out of it, period. Not start, but there's a process. And so that's that's what we want you to recognize. We want you to, to really examine yourself and reflect on some of the things that we've talked about in all the episodes leading up to day six. What is that? What is that thing? Like, am I really living my life from a from a people pleaser perspective? Yeah, you are. If you're doing any of the things that we've talked about, if you find yourself overwhelmed with feelings of sadness, I encourage you to examine your life and see where that's coming from. Is it because everybody else is more important than you are in your life? Those are the things that we really want you to take away from this, from this 30 days uncaping and unhiding. And so for these first seven days, we want you to look at people pleasing. Am I engaging in that consistently and not even mm-hmm. realizing that that's what I'm doing? And we want you to examine that from every aspect of your life, your children, your relationships with your parents, your friends, your job, all the things. Like, really take a hard look at that. And so, yeah, that's they say. So, again, just, like, really examine your life and see what work needs to be done and if you need support in that. And we're going we're gonna to say this every day for 30 days. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> if you need because support in that. it bears repeating. It bears repeating. If you need support in that, we got you in the sister circle of healing. Shadesofstrong.com forward slash SOS circle. We would love to see you in there so that you can begin to heal from those things that you are often ashamed about. Back tomorrow with day seven.